this. This is, this is Diversified, Diversified Game. 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 A podcast giving entrepreneurial advice from a diverse and inclusive perspective with Kelly. He may agree, he may oppose, and it's more than just race, it's about, you know, ideas. Tyson. When you're going against the odds, you've got to be creative, you've got to innovate, you've got to stand out. And AL. Focus more on execution and application and less on excuses. So, let the game begin. Can you tell me a little bit about um, your business? I know it's like, uh, is it like skincare, soap, uh, yeah. things of that nature? Yep. 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 So okay. we are a home fragrance, infants, candles, health and beauty products like body butter and soap, deodorant. Um, our health and beauty products are all natural. Um, so, and we make basically everything by hand. We're just a family-owned, black-owned business. Okay. And how long have you been um, around? So it really started back in 2014. Um, and what happened was the CEO basically found a problem that he wanted to solve, which is when you try to burn your incense, right, you can go to the store and get these incense burners, but they really don't work really well. You end up making like an ashy mess everywhere. And most people will just kind of like stick the stick in an outlet or a wicker basket, put some newspaper under it. Um, and he got tired of that. So he started tinkering around to create his own instant holder. So really it used to be a one product company, which was this instant holder that we made to look good in your home, but actually work and catch the acid, the ashes. Um, and that's how it started. And it, it kind of grew organically from there. People said, hey, you got these burners. Why not do incense? You know, and right. um, we made the incense and said, hey, why not do candles? You go to the store. Your candles are extremely expensive, and you have to kind of walk up to them to smell them half the time. So we started making our own candles, and um, they work really well. They smell really good, and they're affordable. Okay. So, yeah, I mean – naturally it seems like it made sense because uh it's it's the same customer segmentation that probably enjoys incense the scented candles who would obviously need the holders so um you know pairing pairing those products uh, obviously makes the most sense when you already have a clamoring customer base now right how how i mean i feel like in in the black community specifically we all not all i'm generalizing but you know, I kind of, you know, had that aunt that had the incense, and uh, I know my one of my favorite aunts, she was a big scented candle person. Um, mm-hmm. So now, have you found that uh, ownership of those uh, particular areas, incense and scented candles, is that something that is dominated by Black businesses by any stretch? No, not in my personal opinion, and that's mm-hmm. one of the things that we value as a customer. I'm sorry, as a company, is that there are certain industries that we really should be dominating as black people. And one of those industries, I know we're talking about incense and candles, but we do have hair products, skin products. The hair product industry should absolutely be dominated by black people. And in a sense, we dominated by spending our money there. Um, There's been rough estimates to various degrees, um, $3 billion worth a year spending money in the, the hair industry. But we're not pocketing that. We're not the ones, you know, making the money. So as a company, we really value that circulation of black dollars. And we say, you know, we need to 
own and operate and patronize our own businesses, especially in those industries where we're bolstering their pockets with our black money. We should be bolstering our own pockets, we believe. Right. And now, why do you think that that is, um, that that we're not, you know, kind of dominating more of the industries, especially given that um, most hair care products weren't necessarily made for us to begin with um, on a mainstream level, right? Because our, our hair tends to be, uh, you know, more coarse and, and different things like that. Why do you think we haven't taken kind of that reign of ownership yet? The spending seems to be so high. Well, it's really a multi-layered issue, and you kind of have to go way back, um, I think, to get to the foundation of it. When we were taken from Africa and stolen and made into slaves, we really lost a lot of our tools or self-care tools that we had, um, like a comb. Um, it really took some time after we were delivered from slavery to really rediscover the African comb and start understanding how to do our natural hair. Um, and started regaining some of those natural hair care practices that we had as people in Africa. Um, you know, you had the Afro revolution back in the day, and it's kind of come back around again, the natural hair revolution. But we really lost the sense of our own cultural caretaking um, knowledge that we had for some time there. And during that time that we lost it, we were really trying to appease the dominant society, um, trying to look a little more pleasing to them, you know, right? So when the white slave master would rape someone and have a more fair-skinned child and you're in a family and your sister's fair-skinned, well, she has the good hair, you know? So we're trying to put grease in our hair and flick it and, and try to be a little bit more appealing to the dominant society for, for a very long time. And I think we know that some of us still suffer from those image issues of trying to fit into the dominant society. Um, you know, maybe we want to wear the European weave a little bit more than we would like to rock an afro. Some people still feel that way. Some people still feel like a perm, you know, looks a little better than rocking the natural the natural look. And it, it's just, um, it's really a symptom of what we've been dealing with for, for some decades. So I think during that time, we really were purchasing products that weren't made for us because we were still not valuing ourselves. We still hadn't reclaimed um, our identity, our own self-care identity. Okay. And I mean, with something as, I feel like hair is something that's very personal to people, right? On any level. Um, and so with something as personal as hair, uh, and you touched on kind of like the psychology behind, you know, why we may not be dominating the industry, but what happens um, to us as a people when we can learn to uh, accept ourselves and when we're represented in a market? Um, what type of effect or exponential effect do you believe that has? Because obviously you're an advocate for black business and black ownership. Um, what what type of effect do you believe that that can have on us uh, from a societal standpoint? Well, from a societal standpoint, we really believe in patronizing our own industries and kind of relying on ourselves to supply products to ourselves and in all industries, not just self-care, but pretty much everything. I recently learned about figures communication they do cell phones. Right. It's a black-owned company. And I think for our image, for our children to look at the world and see themselves reflected um, fully, one of the most recent examples is, unfortunately, it's, it's fiction, but Wakanda. That had such a mm -hmm. profound effect for people to go and see, all right, well, here's this nation of Wakanda. They are the most technologically advanced. They are the smartest, you know, most powerful. Mm -hmm. 
And for children to see that image and realize, hey, you know what? Typically, all I see is these white faces or these Asian faces as the smart ones, the technological ones, the ones that are producing everything, and I'm just a consumer. When you change that outlook, not only does it change our psychology, but it really will change our economy because we'll start circulating that dollar. And instead of a black dollar going in and out of our pockets, you know, within two transactions, we'll start seeing it increase to five, six, seven, maybe 10, 11 transactions. And as a people, we won't be on the lower end of the economical scale. That's really my vision for the future, and I think we can get there. Okay. Now, I find it uh, interesting on, on two levels there. One, uh, my son's favorite character is Black Panther. Um, that's, you know, he has the costume, he will run around the house in it, he wears the mask. But um, I told him uh, that Wakanda by name isn't a real place, but Wakanda as a resource is. And, you know, because, again, uh, I think that one of the most valuable resources, obviously, Africa had, you know, salt deposits, they had, um, you know, uh, gold, diamonds, like, you know, different deposits of things that we now hold very precious. And back then, our people thought they were precious, but were willing to share. Um, if you ask America about the most valuable resource, they tend to skip over the bodies that they took, right? <laughs> right. And I feel yeah. like, so... So when you look at, uh, like I said, by name, Wakanda is a fictional place, but we were, as a resource, it, it's right in line with what, um, with what the storyline was about why they even wanted to go to Wakanda, right? Um, they right. wanted to go there to, to get their resources, to really be like, oh, well, you know, they have vibranium, you know, they have the good stuff over there. And uh, mm -hmm. vibranium happens to be this purplish, blackish hue, and to me, that represents the people. Um, just uh, the resource that they were looking for there. But um, on the flip side of that, you, you talked about the representation of being smart and, and being technologically advanced and, um, and being able to add, add value in that way. And it brings to mind um, Hidden Figures uh, with yeah. uh, Taraji and, and, and talking about the three women that helped uh, compute NASA's uh, um, uh, launch patterns and um, and orbit uh orbit streams so i'm like i mean we're there but like the movie said it's always hidden right we, um, you know it's it's funny that you mentioned as you we were talking black bodies and mm -hmm. the you know the imagery of what wakanda really was and what's really going on with people basically wanting to rape and pillage africa historically and, and continuing because of all the resources we have there so if you go to our website, www.ashpeaking.com, you click on our blog link, we have some publications that we've been putting out monthly. And our March publication was actually titled The Value of Black Bodies. And we believe as a company, one of the things that we're really missing as a people is to realize the value of our black bodies and how these institutions that have come to dominate the world couldn't have gotten where they were without our black bodies. Um, mm -hmm. We talk about what's his name, Zion Williamson, um, with the exploding mm -hmm. shoes. Uh, yep. You know, we talk about Henrietta Lacks, which really came back into the forefront of the discussion a few years ago with the book and the movie. Um, it's a, it's a topic that we really need to think about and explore because we already have it. Like you said, we we have the most valuable thing on earth, which is us. Mm -hmm. Um, we right. actually do have the intelligence. We actually do have the technical fortitude. 
um, we can do the things that need to be done uh, to progress a society. As a matter of fact, we started humanity as far as I'm concerned. If you look at the facts, mm-hmm. you know, our history tends to be whitewashed, but you can't, you can't go too far without seeing the truth um, that we right. created the sciences, the astronomy, mathematics, medicine. Um, we took Europe out of the dark ages. We cleaned them up, we saved them from their diseases. You know, we gave them philosophy. We already have all the tools, and and they know that. They've known that. They continue to know that. So we just really need to kind of um, streamline our understanding. There's a couple of things that we just need to focus in on. I think one of the big ones is the value of the black body. And and once we start realizing that for ourselves and valuing ourselves, um, that'll tie right back into strengthening our economy. Wow. Okay. That I couldn't agree more if I tried, and I'm trying to. <laughs> so now, uh, now what? I mean, and so from from that perspective, and and, and self worth and valuing um, us as a whole uh, and uh, as individuals. Uh, often society tries to paint like this paint us with this like homogenous paintbrush, right? We all like and do and and feel and and care about the same things, which to some degree, obviously, we're going to have some of the same concerns, uh, just as most people would say, would you want the cure for cancer? And the answer would probably be a resounding yes, unless you're big pharma, right? You're like, no, that's one of our money makers. But Mm. when it comes to, um, you know, the differences within society, part of what we want to express is that just as uh, we view uh, race as a diverse aspect, mindsets are diverse. And uh, let's take a company, um, I'm trying to, trying to think of, uh, so, so like uh, Lusters, right? They, they make hair care products, but um, one thing that you mentioned is that you're all natural, right? right. Um, you're, 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 you, you make everything kind of all naturally. And so when there's a diversity in the, in the product gap, do you think that that is um, good? Is that bad? Is it necessary in a, I guess, open commerce, free market society to say, hey, listen, there's your all natural side. Um, so that way people kind of have a choice because, well, we're different. Uh, what's your take on that? Is it is one better than the other or both necessary? Well, people always have a choice. You know, let's mm-hmm. say that there was only one company allowed by the powers that be to be of, of existence. And whether that company was an all-natural hair product company or a hair company that, you know, puts chemicals in their products to create what they're looking for, the individual consumer always has a choice. You make the choice to purchase a product from a company. We could create our own products if we don't want to shop at that one company. As a matter of fact, a lot of the products that we sell on ashkicking.com, we were using for ourselves personally um, for example, in our household, we have two people who suffer from eczema. So we were making our own body butter, and we said, oh, hey, let's sell it, <laughs> you know, com. So we chose to not participate in, you know, forking out our money um, at these stores for these expensive bottles of lotions that claim to cure eczema because there's a whole product line for eczema. Um, right. Some pumped full of chemicals, others not, but mostly very expensive And we chose not to participate in that. So I think I'd like to put it back on an individual level and say there's always a choice um, that you can make. 
uh, one of my favorite characters from Black Panther, Killmonger. <laughs> uh, <laughs> you know, yeah. he had the best quote in the whole movie where he said, look, we had a choice. Some of us jumped off that boat and thought that death right. was better than bondage, you know? Right. So you could have a gun to my face and tell me I have your choice only, but that's never, that's never true. Of that's course, I'm going to advocate for natural products. Science can tell us, observation can tell us, and logic can tell us that holistic natural products are better than, um, you know, chemical pumped products. As a matter of fact, um, I forget the young lady's name, but there's a woman right now really advocating for the research of um, a lot of the health and beauty products that we use. And she states that there haven't been a lot of studies. And when you do start to study these products, you really see some concerning trends that these chemicals are leaching into our bodies. You know, they are causing things like breast cancer and, and things like that. Um, but nobody's warning us. You know, you go and you, you just have these shelves lined with all these products. You buy them, you put them on your body. I mean, we know that there was um, there was a lawsuit with like talcum powder. These things are harming us, to be honest. Um, right. And this mass production of chemical infused products that we know nothing about and that there's no research uh, to protect us is is quite concerning. So we really want to be informed consumers. And being natural is a little bit safer because you know what it is. You know, you know it's coming mm -hmm. from the earth, and you can kind of like do a spot test. Like me, I have sensitive skin, so I always do a little spot test, put it on my skin, and if it doesn't harm me, then I'm good to go. But those things come from the earth. We're made from the earth, so that's a little safer than um, just pumping yourself with yeah. chemicals every day and, and hoping right. you survive. Right, right. Okay. Understood. Understood. I may be biased. <laughs> <laughs> I, I see, but your, your bias comes with uh, research, comes with um, comes from a place of, of wanting, uh, wanting what's best. So, no, nothing, nothing wrong with a bias in, in a positive direction, right? Um, yeah, I mean, but we should so, we should have a choice, you know. To summarize, we should yeah. absolutely have a choice, and hopefully, you make an informed one. Right. Right. So, um, and with, I mean, I, I feel like there's um. We we did a pod, uh, podcast or a show before on um, uh, black business doesn't mean bad business. And so when it comes to business practices, there's some growing pains, I feel like, for um, black people because, uh, you know, we we were in an ownership seat for a little bit, uh, you know, before desegregation. You know, obviously everyone had to have their own, right? Like, it was it was kind of like, well, white people weren't going to serve you type of thing. And then we, we lost mm -hmm. that muscle after, you know, having it for a short period of time by comparison to, you know, uh, being in bondage. And then mm -hmm. coming out now, the growing pains of black business doesn't mean bad business. What have you learned? What have you seen um, where where it was like, hey, started like this and weren't necessarily the, the best, or maybe you were at the beginning, great at customer service, packaging and shipping and everything mm -hmm. that goes along with it. Um, and because like what happens is most people, they will go to a black business and be like, I'm going to, you know, try this and then the black people will get one thing wrong like, mm -hmm. oh, I, I tried that black company never again <laughs> never again will i never will right. I ever, even though even though dunkin donuts starbucks walmart target can mess up your order uh, right send you broken all stuff all the time and you you're not like oh yeah never again at target <laughs> like you know what i mean so um, right so i, I feel like you know, there's, there's something that goes with that though absolutely so, um one of our core values as a company is customer service. 
I mean, we really live and breathe it. We value it so much. And we've done a really good job with that from the onset. I, you know, we're a small company, so it's kind of easy to handle because we're just direct with our customers. They can reach out direct to us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, um, via our website. And when they speak to us, we answer them quickly and we provide five-star service, you know. And I, we really love to get that response of, wow, my order got here so fast or, wow, my order got here. I wasn't satisfied, but look at how this was rectified. You know, I'm right. going to still shop with this company. We get a lot of positive feedback, luckily, because we put customer service as a true number one thing that we strive for every day to make sure that we're hitting that nail on the head because we value our customers. We want to keep them. We want them to talk to other people about our company. One of my pet peeves as just a human being is the way customer service has really broken down, um, just period. When you talked about these places that we do business with, I mean, whether it's your cable company, Walmart, the Dunkin' Donuts on the corner that I stopped going to a year ago and I will never go back to because I wasn't treated well and I decided they didn't deserve my dollar, you know. If more consumers behave that way honestly, not because of their bias towards black businesses, like you said, you're so quick to cut off black businesses and throw that blanket over them, but yet you still deal with your phone, your cell phone carrier who you cuss out every three months, you know. Like if we apply right. that truly – just apply it truly. Take your dollar where it is valued, you know? And if we did that, then we could support black businesses a little bit more and realize that most black businesses are out here doing good businesses. And I can say that because I seek out black businesses to do business with. And I have plenty of them that I will continue to do business with because they do good business and they deserve my black dollar. But that's the value that I hold as an individual. So it's really individual consumers, what their value is, how they value themselves, and how they value their black dollar. And like you said, I've seen people who just write black businesses off, well, because you don't value blackness. If you did, you would realize that you're just right. really not being fair at all. Right. So uh, th so one thing that I'm pulling from what you're saying is that rectification is part of the business and customer service experience. It's not, it's wrong, therefore, I never, I never can frequent that business again. Um, and it also matters, uh, of course, inside of that, how they treat you, right? If you reference the Dunkin' Donuts, you won't go to again because of how they, right. they treated you. Um, it has nothing to do with just getting your order wrong and then, you, you know, uh, they were able to fix it, but actual treatment of, of the human being as a person, right? Which is, I Absolutely. feel like, important to us as, as Black people. Like, we want to be human first. Like, humanize us, handle us as you would a human. Um, and and not like a not like we're a thorn in the side or a problem because you may have messed up something and now we want it rectified. So um, and and then there again, how important is uh, learning the business system so that you can adequately rectify an issue when it comes to uh, your customer service? And how did you develop those practices? Well, the first step was quality products. We did a lot of research and development. Um, like I said, we basically you, we use all of our products and we use them for a, a while before we present it to, to the public. So we establish um, methods that we can duplicate, make sure that our products are high quality before even presenting it to the customer. That's one of our biggest um, values is quality products. So that pretty much covers all bases because when you get your order, it's like, oh, wow, this is a great product. I'm a happy customer. Um, the other thing is customer service, which is that interaction with the customer. So when we do get feedback 
you make sure to respond timely and to have individual attention to that person, hear what their needs are and to resolve their needs. And um, that helps us retain value. It gives them a good experience um, and we can retain that customer and they go on to tell other people about our company. You really, really value that connection to the community. It's one of the things that we look for. We go to different community events to vend and we make connections there with the people. So it's, it's just we really value people, I guess, especially black people specifically. And we look to kind of just build those relationships in a positive way. Okay. Now, and overall, you said uh, you're a small company. I mean, if you're comfortable talking numbers, you can talk numbers. But um, how many people would you say that you've served throughout the course of your business? Um, and what's the general feedback? That would be a tough answer for me. Um, I would have to get back to you on that and talk to the CEO. He's the numbers man. <laughs> I'm the public okay. face. Um, okay. I don't know. It would be a rough estimate for me. But I will say we certainly started out grassroots, and we've been seeing quite a lot of growth um, with our different partners. We kind of do a YouTube advertising thing. Um, so we've advertised yeah. with Tariq Nasheed, Paris Milan, uh, Chronicle Speaks, Dante's Boxing Nation, um, Talk Payment Radio, Neely Fuller. So we really kind of seek out those platforms where we can reach the audience that we're looking for, and that has turned out to work really well for us. Okay. Um, and and I guess before we wrap up here, um, I want to just ask, what would you say your philanthropic effort is within the company? Like, what's the what's the charitable good that you you guys uh, do or have built into your business model? So, what we've built into our business model is just reaching out to the community with conversations and knowledge on building ourselves as individuals, building ourselves in a household, and building ourselves as a community. We really want to talk to people to help them understand. Listen. This is who we are as a people. This is the thing that worked for us in the past. Um, we have a publication that talks about not all old traditions need to be thrown out. There are some things that really work for us as a black community that if we stick to this and go back to these certain traditions that we can really strengthen and heal ourselves um, and, and grow, not only economically, but just as people, mentally, spiritually, and emotionally. So I would say our philanthropic um, mission is really kind of a pan-African communication and community building. We like to reach back out and make those connections and provide information for individual growth, growth within your household, and growth and connection within the community. Okay. And then um, before we go, do you want to just let everyone know where um, they can find out more about uh, your company, uh, more about uh, you know, what's going on, uh, you know, whether it's pop-ups and special deals. Um, let us know where we can find you. Well, you can find us at www.ashkicken.com. That's A-S-H-K-I-C-K-I-N. Um, check out our About Us page or our blog page where you can just see where we are as a people, who we are. Um, also, you can find us on Instagram at ash.kicken on Twitter at official Ash Kick, and on Facebook at official Ash Kickin'. And I just All wanna right. put a plug, if you're in Rhode Island locally by any chance, check us out at FundaFest, it's in February. It's an African storytelling um, festival that we love to participate in. 
every year, and it's really a magical experience. So come and see us there. Well, I do have to say that um, I'm actually, uh, I live in Massachusetts. So um, oh, I would, yeah, I actually love to uh, connect in person then. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, but thank you very much, um, Jamal, for coming on. And um, look forward to uh, seeing you soon. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Tyson. Have a good day. You too. Bye. So I think this is a good place to stop our dialogue for this episode and allow you, the listeners, to join the conversation and keep the dialogue going with us online. You can do so by visiting our social media at Facebook, Diversified Game Podcast, on Instagram and Twitter, Game Diversified, online, diversifiedgames.com. In your life with the people around you and or join our Patreon and get some nice perks for being involved. If you found a nugget and are like today's episode, you might as well leave a review. And if you leave a review, you might as well share it. If you share it, you might as well subscribe. And as always, thanks for your support. Thanks for getting in the game and listening to the Diversified Game Podcast with Kellen, Tyson, and A.L., the number one show pairing entrepreneurship with diverse and inclusive perspectives like wine and cheese, bagel and locks, fish and grits. Be sure to visit diversifiedgame.com for all the good stuff. Join in the conversation and discover more content.